developer. Several years ago, literally almost 10 years ago, I tried to develop my own gaming studio. Um, put a team together, had a company in place, had a solid idea together as well. Between the team and myself, we had different samples of work. Um, me as a creative writer, an idea guy, as well as our manager, um, the art team and, and the programming team. We were really small. Um, the goal was to outsource a lot of the work and we found some really, really good teams that, that did that. And we were able to figure out how to get organized in terms of being able to do the work. One of the things that I did not, um, or I did factor in, but did not give enough credence to was how to budget for the type of title we were making. The reason why I say how to, how to budget is because we didn't have an idea of um, any type of game status or symbol. Um, meaning that we weren't trying to make the biggest, baddest game ever, and we weren't trying to make the smallest title. We were just trying to make a solid tight a game that fit the genres that we really enjoyed or thought that needed um, us to invigorate because we enjoyed those genres. But we also did another thing. We went a step further. We looked at new technologies and said, hey, what's the landscape like right now for developers? And at this point in time, you know, the idea of the Apple app store was just emerging right we started to see developers and gamers gravitate towards the iphone and thus mobile gaming so we weren't sure if we wanted to stay mobile or anywhere else then um microsoft had introduced the connect uh, and one of our developer friends was talking about motion capturing and things of that nature and how just a control could be something that we can get into in terms of a game but that led down to a series of cool events that somehow some way landed me um speaking with microsoft and sony um signing ndas with both companies these ndas lasted about three three years so you know statute of limitations right now it's over for me to talk about it The day that I began talking to both Microsoft and Sony about different games that we were creating, most of these games were games that we had in our design document. Um, and both of them loved them. Not so much Sony, they, 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 they really thought the idea needed to be seen. And I agreed with them in that respect because it was an idea that honestly, you just can't translate via just a document and some pictures, their particular title. Um, for Microsoft, the Kinect was just a brand new device and they themselves were trying to discover exactly what can and can't be done. So they needed developers to take some of their technology and actually showcase it. Why I said I wasn't prepared was because financially, if you're going to experiment with new games and or you're going to experiment with new technologies, you're going to have to give yourself some leeway, some creative leeway to define what your vision is. And even then, the technology may not be robust enough for you to even have the chance to do so. Because you may get to a certain point and can't execute any further 
because the game is limited by the technology. And in many cases, that's that was exactly the case with the connect. Wasn't mean that it wasn't viable, whatever. So where am I going with this story exactly? Well, as the new generation of gaming consoles and PCs come to fruition, there are more chances now than ever for developers to come in as indies, whether that's on a Nintendo platform, whether that be on the Sony platform, whether that be through Epic Game Store, or other such kind of stores like Steam as well. There's been tons of programs, but game developers still need to figure out what they are, who they are, where they're going for the next generation, especially if you're independent. If you're part of a major studio, there's a lot more that goes into creating games and, and, and funding games and a lot more um, at stake in that regard. But still, the tools that exist going forward as well as the developers are going to be able to have more opportunities. What we don't want to see is a development community that's just burnt out chasing games that they want to create just to create them or chasing technologies because they're there. The genres that are now popular in gaming are popular because the community of gamers are going towards these games. But it doesn't mean that every developer wants to make the games that are already out. And it also does not mean that just because the majority of the audience of gamers are on really super popular games and genres that there isn't room for other gamers to come in because we've seen the evidence across the board that there are many tons of different types of games that people are playing. The next generation affords now because of cloud streaming. It affords developers now to not just kind of experiment, but really experiment in a way that can bring fully fledged ideas and concepts in gaming to a status where they're really good games that you're going to play. A lot of developers have done some really great works over the past couple of years that they can be really rated on. We've seen that genres can emerge out of nowhere when you take a look at PUBG and Fortnite. Um, so the opportunities are there. And with the visceral nature of how progressive the technology is gonna be with ray tracing and things of the nature, it's now more important for developers to think, what's a good fun game, All right? What's a good fun game that a group of people wanna play? What's a good fun game individuals may wanna play, All right? Even titles like, say, uh, Dead Cells could use an incredible refresh, uh, a sequel to a game that most people didn't even think really would hit or resonate, or Celeste, titles that became popular and unique in their own right. These games can still evolve, right? We don't know what the new parameter is. Is it gonna be just first person shooters? Is it gonna be uh, just multiplayer games? Well, if streaming is any indication of where gamers are going or where the audience wants to go, it's about exciting games that just fill the void of what is it going against the grain. Meaning that if you create a really, really good game next generation, one, let's say it's in the action game category, or it's a platformer, it can garner attention. Let's say you make a 
I don't know, a VR RPG. It's viable that you're going to be able to find an audience, right? But it's using the technology in a way that allows the experience to be um, enjoyed. And really, that's what you're down to. This is where you're at. For me, I couldn't complete my journey as a developer. So I thought to myself, how about creating content around, say, a webzine or a website talking about gaming? And that was a way for me to exercise my own love of the industry, my own love of creativity. But my passion is not about just whether or not you do development, just to do development as a game developer. My passion in seeing developers do well is to see the effect of them having creativity that pushes the needle, but it's hard. One one in 10 developers, uh, even fewer than that, will live past their first game, meaning that they may not get to create a second title. So, it's really important that developers of any kind, indie, um, even major, are always constantly looking at the landscape of what gamers are playing, but also asking the question, what are gamers not playing? Because that also opens the door for creativity, but that creativity comes from the data, all right? That data saying to us, especially now in modern day, that data saying, hey, Gamers like this, they like this, they like this, they're engaged in this, but they're saying they don't want this in terms of where the conversations are happening. So developers and publishers have to figure out, okay, within this, what are gamers asking for? They're asking for ultimately really good variety, strong games that really, really push whatever genre that they're in. And I think now more than ever, the expansiveness of different genres and in planning uh, cross ideas is where gamers are going to really enjoy the benefits. It's what makes Fortnite such an incredible title. It's an incredible title because it's a really, really smart mix of different concepts, but they all equal one cohesive title that isn't desperate and all over the place it has a soul and has a focus and that's where most developers can get to that doesn't mean you have to be triple a doesn't even mean you have to uh, be double a or one a it just means that you make a solid game that does that i mentioned dead cells dead cells is not fortnite but in its own right it does really 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 well and that's a game that was reiterated on for years and years and years where the data based upon the audience um, engagement was something that was used to refine the game. And going forward, that's going to be even more prevalent, especially if you think about cloud gaming and how developers are going to want to make games for the cloud, especially because it's going to be accessible in terms of where you can get your games everywhere. So it's incumbent for those channels to be quality channel games, but that's only determined by the audience and determined by the developers and determined by how long we're going to give a game certain chance. A game like Sea of Thieves falls into this category as well. When it released two years ago, it was somewhat controversial. There was a, a, a ton of gamers who really enjoyed the title. I believe it was last year the game was released in 2018, right? Not two years ago. 
But there was, again, a contingency of people who loved the game, a contingency of people who really didn't like the game. But it had enough legs under it that Rare, who had a clear direction of what they wanted to introduce into the CFDs, but also with the feedback of the community, they were able to meet in the middle. This meeting in the middle has allowed Sea of Thieves to consistently grow, but immersive more content that gamers are playing, people can't wait to dive back in. But it's not on the biggest blip of the radar in terms of games that people are talking about, games that people are, are actively uh, uh, engaged in. It's just a game that has a strong audience and they're consuming that content of consistency. And some games may catch that, some games may not. But Sea of Thieves is proof positive that it can be done on a major level as well as on an on a, on a, on a, on a indie level as well. But you have to have a clear direction of where you want to go with your games in terms of how you want to roll out your content. And that takes time, right? But you have that particular time in this era, right? You have, the, the, you have not only the ability to outsource quickly, the ability to ramp up a team quickly, the ability to, to work remotely, um, finances can be uh i guess finances can be massaged in such a way where you can create certain games um a little bit better than you could say 10 or 15 years ago so there's a lot going for both indies mid-majors and even major developers the audience is ripe in terms of where they want to go they have you have the full attention of the of gamers um genres like fighting racing uh sports um even uh, action, uh, third person, have all come back to play. Strategy games are really cool again. Um, I don't know too much about the RTS genre, but there are genres that still need some really cool games. Um, even the fighting games, if you think about it, uh, can still use some uh, some really cool uh, uh, entries. Um, and I think that also the, 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 the smaller third person games that used to be made chunks of these games can be done um where you can basically create these five to maybe to ten level demos where the game itself is the experience and it doesn't matter how long or how short the game is it's just about that and that immersive experience in that moment in time and then thinking about the outside the box of how do you want to build opportunity now is because are looking for something different different voices different types of heroes different types of stories um, it's really a great way to invigorate the space as well because it, it inspires the developers that are there it inspires publishers as well not because this industry is a me too business but because inspiration has to come from somewhere and development is an inspiration business um, it's a business where everybody has to you know want to make that game or or be excited about making these types of games. And so, you know, bringing more diverse versus voices, bringing more diverse voices and having those opportunities is much more tangible today. Now the question is, how do you roll it out, right? And that's always gonna be the question when you're talking about games. And we'll probably save that for another time. In the meantime, what we want developers to walk away with or anyone listening to this is that we want you guys to pace yourself. You don't need our advice on what type of games you want to make. You guys know what type of games you're into and what stimulates you. Um, you may even 
have an idea of what your audience is looking for. And we say, hey, go make that game. Look for the tools that you need. Think about how far your capabilities stretch, how far your team's capabilities stretch, and where you want to be in the cycle, and how do you want to introduce yourself, okay? The future of gaming, the future of cloud streaming gaming, is going to be up to the developers. Godspeed.